Good morning, everybody. Man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad that all of you are here. And those of you who are watching via the live stream, uh, we're glad that you're watching. Or if you're catching us later, uh, maybe it's not live. Maybe you're catching us later on. Thank you for, for watching. And uh, we're hoping that the Word of God transforms you. Uh, I'm, I'm not so much concerned that you remember any type of sermon of mine. Uh, sermons, you know, faith doesn't come by sermons. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, not sermons, you know. Uh, sermons are just kind of the, the package, the, the delivery truck, you know. If, if uh, we pulled up in front of your house with a big old truck of goods, uh, you're not going to have to, you know, you're not going to worry about the truck. You're going to, like, be, be more obsessed with the goods that we're delivering to your house. And that's really what, what we're trying to do. We're just trying to deliver some holy information to you today that can be transformative because the Word of God does transform you. It does remold your mind, reshape your thinking. And uh, that's, that's what we want to get done today. But just glad everyone is here. Those of you who are staying home and, and wanting to be a little bit more safe and, and cautious, please do so. Uh, we want everyone to be safe. I know that there's been a little bit of a spike in numbers. Um, then again, it seems like every week that's what we hear. I don't know. You, we don't know what to hear all the time, right? But, uh, but we, we can continue to put our trust and our faith in God. And uh, that's what we're going to keep doing. And the Lord's going to get us through all this. So, whoo, what a great week. Hey, you know, there's, there's been all kind of crazy news on the TV. And sometimes you got to set that aside and just look at the news that God has. And I do want to give you some really, really good news. And I meant to do it last week, and I kind of dove into my sermon and totally forgot about it. But many of you will remember, uh, uh, I think it was around last February, uh, Penny Alatunde and Bode's here, uh, but Bode's wife Penny had put a uh, prayer request out uh, to all of us. Her brother, Joey Marlowe, uh, which he, he had already been fighting cancer a bit. It's a very rare uh, bladder cancer, and um, he had already been uh, going through treatments for it and whatnot, and it, and it all of a sudden it just really kind of came back strong. And last February, they basically said, look, you're terminal for maybe four to six months. And so they just kind of encouraged the family to prepare themselves. And uh, Penny did exactly what a child of God should do. She ran to, she ran to the Lord and ran to his people and asked all of us to pray. And we began to pray the prayer of faith and just believe and trust. And, and this news came literally, correct me if I'm wrong, Bode, but it was really just weeks after, just shortly after they, you, you guys had to bury her mom. So, so her mom had just passed away. The family was still grieving. And then all of a sudden you get this news. And uh, so we just continued to pray. We continued to believe and just a few days before Christmas, the doctors declared him in full remission, and and uh, he is alive and well. And matter of fact, I think that did he celebrate his birthday on? Uh, he celebrated a birthday recently, didn't he? Oh, this week, this week he's celebrating his birthday, and uh, the doctors didn't even think that he was going to be around. So God's still in the healing business, and he's still in the miracle business. That's right. Give him a round of applause. He deserves it. Amen. So let that just build your faith. We, I'm believing for more, more miraculous news throughout this year. Uh, because the crazier the world gets, <clears throat> and don't get upset when the world gets crazy and dark. That's what, they, that's what the world does. 
The world doesn't know him. Uh, but the darker, the darker that this world gets, the brighter his light should shine through us and the more miraculous his power will get. And so I'm telling you, we are going to see, those of you who are walking in the kingdom and walking in faith are going to see the miraculous take place throughout 2021. Amen. Uh, Jim, Jim, I know Barbara has your son out, but thank you all so much for being here. And, and uh, if you haven't met Jim and Barbara, they, they're, they're residents here in Viridian. They live over on Plum Vista. And uh, uh, thank you all for being here. Shnijanam. You're my sister, and I'm so glad that God has uh, just walked with you this past year. And so it's so good to see you and the kids here today. And, and uh, they need to stop growing because they're making me feel really old. <laughs> when we all moved in the neighborhood, everyone's kids were like little bitty. Now everyone's growing up. So, uh, But thank you for being here. Amen. Hey, we're going to get into the Word today. In case, you haven't, in case you haven't figured it out, you're in the middle of a war. Uh, when you gave your heart to the Lord, you did not hop on a cruise ship. You hopped on a battleship. And there was a big old target on your back. The enemy was not happy for your commitment and your faith and your, de your declaration in Christ. Uh, so there is a war taking place. Uh, sometimes you hear, if you hang out in Christian circles long enough, you'll hear uh, the term spiritual warfare take place. Well, what does all that have to do? There is a war, and it is a war for your soul. Uh, the word soul comes from the Greek word suke. It's the same root word, and it's where we get uh, the, 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 the word for psyche, psychiatric, that which pertains to the mind. There is a war for your mind. The enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. What is he trying to destroy? Your mind. What, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lost his soul, his suke, his mind? If you haven't noticed, we got some folks in our land that are absolutely losing their mind. We don't know how to act as a nation. It's ironic. We try to take God. We start saying we don't need God. We don't want God. And all of a sudden, when folks don't get what they want, they don't know how to respond. And they lose their mind. We saw it over the summer. You know, we saw it just this week. Folks don't know how to react. We're, I'm telling we're seeing the result. We're seeing a result of a, of a people that have tried to say, we don't need God, we can do it on our own. And as, as Kate was saying, when, if my people will seek my face or crave me, when, when you get to a point that God's the only thing you need and the only thing you want, that's when he can start healing you. That's when he can start... He, you can start winning the battle for your mind. You can get your mind right. So let's jump into this. But praise God, today we're going to continue, but we're going to talk about the armor of God. He didn't leave you defenseless. You woke up in the middle of a war, but he's got armor for you. And we're going to get into that today a little bit. But first of all, let's remind you about the fight. This is the, one, this is the only fight you got. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confess the good confession of faith before many witnesses. The thing that you said that you had faith in, which is Christ, lay hold of it. Get a hold of it. Jesus is the manifested word of God. That means if you have faith in Christ, you should have faith in his word. His word is full of upwards of 7,000 promises. Have faith in it. Believe in it. One of those promises has got to apply to some situation in your life, right? But that's the only fight you have. When you wake up in the morning, 
The only fight you have is, am I going to have faith in his word? Am I going to believe him? Or am I going to believe what the world is telling me? And what my situation is trying to describe to me? All right? Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending with, with only physical opponents. People are not our problem. They're not your problem. Right? Rioters are not your problem. Opposing political folk are not your problem. Your in-laws are not your problem. Your kids ain't your problem. Your ex isn't your problem. People are not your problem. Your problem is this. This is, the, this is what, but we're wrestling against the dep, uh, despotisms, against powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly or supernatural sphere. There is, a, there is a spiritual antichrist spirit that permeates throughout this whole world. And by antichrist, I mean it, it, it is opposed to all things that are Christ. Christ is also being the manifested word of God. It, it's opposing the word of God. So any thought that jumps into your mind that speaks differently than what the word of God has to say is an antichrist or anti-word spirit, thought, mindset. That's what we're fighting we're fighting the good fight of faith, and it all takes place in here. Am I going to choose to believe him or choose to believe everything else? And it's not against people. It's not against your boss. It's not against your coworkers. It's not against your family or your neighbors. It's against the thoughts that are taking place here. If you can change your thoughts, you can change your life. He didn't come to save you out of your trouble. He came to save you from your trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But he said, I have overcome the world. And if you're in me, you have overcome the world. You still have to walk through some trouble. We're still going to have trials. We're still going to have difficulties. But they're not going to have us. Why? Because we got armor. We've got armor. Let's talk about this armor, okay? We're going to be reading from Ephesians 6. If Howard was here, Howard, I don't know if you're watching, but man, Howard, I've heard him talk about Ephesians 6. He loves Ephesians 6 because he loves talking about the armor of the Lord. He's a good God. If he called you into this fight, this fight for your soul, your suke, your mind, he's trying to get you to wake up, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not to be conformed to the image of this world. Man, the image of this world, do we want to act like the... The craziness that's going on in this world? Absolutely not. I don't know about y'all. That was, that was, you know, Kate talked about it. Ryan talked. It was a hard week, wasn't it? It was a hard week. It was hard to watch. Uh, Erica showed me somebody posted said said uh, I had to I had to turn the news off and watch a, a a Ted Bundy documentary just to calm myself down, you know. So I could go to bed. Uh, you know, it's gotten that crazy. But he said, look, I'm putting some armor on you. And man, what a, what a time to put the armor of God on. This is the time of any time to put his armor on. There's, there's a, so much mess in the world. We want the protection of God. Now, the armor of God is actually Jesus. And Paul, when he wrote this, you have to realize Paul was also a Roman citizen. Citizen. He was an incredibly educated, uh, uh, educated by the uh, you know from the law of Moses and, and within Jewish customs. But he was also a Roman citizen. So no doubt, 
one day after his conversion, he's sitting there checking out some Roman centurions and looking at the armor and thinking, Lord, that's exactly what you do with me. You protect me in this manner. And he winds up writing about it in Ephesians 6, right? He says, first of all, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He's got some strength for you. You don't even have to have strength. He's going to provide. He says, be strong in the Lord. You don't even have to be strong on your own. That's, that's comforting. Because, man, I'd be in big trouble if I had to depend on my own strength. But we can depend on his strength. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. What are the devil's schemes? We talked about it last week. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, this armor protects you from him stealing, killing, and destroying things in your life. Okay? Let's hop to verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when you have those cataclysmic days in your life, and you're gonna, life is full of them, you may be able to stand your ground. Stand your ground, soldier. Don't give up any turf. And after you've done everything, to stand. Now, don't try to take a stand until you've done everything he's told you to do. Put on the full armor. Make sure you're going to put on the full armor. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, let's just kind of break this armor down really quick, okay? Y'all ready? Like I said, the Word of God is what transforms you. So we're going to go through a lot of Word today. So I, I suggest take notes or come back and listen to the podcast or if you want to take pictures of the slides. But, but it's the Word of God that's going to transform you today. So let's talk about this belt of truth. This belt of truth that's wrapped around our waist. Now remember, the armor is, is Christ, right? So this belt of truth, what is it doing? He's wrapping truth around your very core, your waist. It's important. You want to have a strong core. If you're going to be in a fight, you want to have a strong core. Why? You ever, you, ever, uh, you ever seen guys walking around the gym and they got big old arms and may, maybe big legs a little bit, but they're pretty weak in their waist? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big the size of a, the gun is. If your core isn't solid, if your core is not reinforced and firm, you know, you don't put big cannons on a rowboat. You put big cannons, in order to have big firepower, you got to have a big battleship to put big cannons on, right? In other words, you know, if you're going to be really fit, uh, this, this, you know, it's, it's gotten cold. I've not been able to get out and ride my bike, and all of a sudden I'm starting to, like, put some of my weight back on. I don't want this. So what did I do? I pulled out, oh, y'all remember Sean T? Sean T, T20, focus, T25. 25 minutes, he's going to wear you out. You know that? Y'all remember those infomercials? I pulled out my Sean T, 
And what he keeps talking about is engage the core, engage the core. You're doing burpees, you're doing all these jumping jacks, all this stuff, but you gotta engage the core. What he's trying to do, he's just trying to solidify if, if you've got a strong core, the rest of you can function. The rest of you can be powerful, right? That's all he's trying to do. He's gonna wrap truth around your core. And to the, the uh, King James says, gird your loins. In other words, if you notice, there's weighted leather, leather mail that's also going to uh, uh, protect the reproductive organs. In other words, the areas of your life that can reproduce some things, right? You want, you want the core of who you are wrapped in truth. What do we mean by truth? Well, this is what Jesus said about truth. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the truth. He's also the manifested word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh and lit, dwelt among us. So the word of God, Christ himself, is the truth, and he is wrapping the very core of who you are in him. He's got to be at the center point of your life. In all your ways, acknowledge him. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, this is why you see some of the craziness that you're seeing now. The world can't receive him. Why? That means they can't welcome him or take, it, take to its heart because it, doesn't, it does not see him or know him or recognize him. But you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Now, Jesus was referencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that took place in the second chapter of Acts on the day of Pentecost when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Christ doesn't just walk with us and live with us, but now indwells in us. It possesses us. It becomes the very core of who we are. Now the coach doesn't have to stand on the sideline and call the plays. Imagine if Bill Belichick could actually hop into his quarterback's body and have the quarterback's body, yet his mind and his knowledge and his, his fortitude about football, that would be pretty powerful. Well, that's what God's done with us. He's just hopped into us, so now he can function as a you-flavored version of him. And he's going to wrap you in his truth. This is what truth does. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourselves, make them holy by truth. Your word is truth. Why is he wanting to do that? Because he is setting you apart for an incredible mission and an incredible call. That's why sometimes you don't fit in. You're not supposed to because he, you've been wrapped and stabilized in the core of who you are in his truth. It's a powerful armor. Now let's talk about this breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. He is protecting your heart with his righteousness. Why? Because the Bible says that above all else, protect your heart because out of it is the wellspring of life. If you're going to experience life and joy and beauty and love, it's all going to come from your heart. So he's going to protect your heart with righteousness. The, 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 uh, the word righteous or righteousness means rightedness, right, being right. You were crooked. You thought wrong. You talked wrong. You lived wrong. Now you have become righteous in him. So you've become righted in him. You're acting right, doing right, thinking right, talking right, speaking right, understanding right. Why, why did this past week hurt? So th did you notice it hurt when you saw the news? Why? Because it was not righteous. It was not right what was taking place. And oh, it hurt our hearts. 
Have you ever sat there and thought to yourself, maybe you said something to someone, and then a couple of hours later, you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. What do you do? You wince. Why? Because it hurts. When you don't do right, it hurts. So he's protecting your heart with his rightness, his righteousness. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. It says, for our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him, we might become endued with, viewed as in, and examples of the righteousness or the rightedness of God what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. So now you have, not through any acts of your own, but he made Christ to be sin so that he didn't know sin, so that we who didn't know righteousness could now become righteous. You were bent, now you're righted, you're standing upright, you're corrected. And now that's why when you really get a hold of Jesus, you can't talk right like you used to. You know, you actually do start talking right. I think it was, uh, I think it was Isaac yesterday. It was talking about man when when the when the word of God really started becoming alive in him, it changed the way he talked. People started realizing it. They're like, man, you don't cuss like you don't cuss anymore. What's going on? You've changed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You're a new creature, a new critter. You're not supposed to have the same functionality you used to have, the same characteristics. You know, all of a sudden, I, 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 I become concerned with folks who profess a faith in Christ and their friends can't tell a difference. It's supposed to change you to be more like him, not to be religious, not to be pious, but to be more like him. This is what righteousness does. Check out why does he want to cover your heart with righteousness. Isaiah 32, 17 says this, and the effect of righteousness will be peace, internal and external. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have your heart at peace? Well, man, he's putting his righteousness across you with the breastplate of righteousness so that you can have peace. And the result of righteousness, the result of being right, doing right, living right, will be quietness and confident trust forever. Man, it doesn't matter how crazy the world gets out there. It doesn't matter what the news wants to do. It doesn't matter how much folks want to silence other folks. Man, when you've got the breastplate of righteousness on, it just keeps you at peace. You're thinking right, doing right, speaking right, perceiving right. Whew, nice, quiet, confident trust in his word. Let's talk about, it says that uh, he's going to fit your feet. Your feet are going to be fitted with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He wants to give you traction. The Bible says you were saved according to his purpose. He has a purpose. That's why he saved you. Say, well, he saved me because I was lost. No, he saved you because he's got a purpose for you. He's got a reason for you. And he wants you to have traction and good footing and protection. He doesn't want the enemy to to knock your feet out from under you. He wants to give you sure footing. Why? Because you've got to be the deliverer of the gospel of peace or the good news. The word gospel means good news. The good news of peace. Man, this world could use some good news of peace right now. And we're the messengers of it. We know the creator of peace. We know the way of peace. 
We're not meant just to come say, well, wait a minute, I'm doing good because I'm coming to church. Well, that doesn't mean a thing. Church doesn't change you. The gospel, the good news, the word of God changes you, and it changes you to the point that you can't just contain it. You got to go share it. So everything that he has for you, he's already prepared a way for you to, to, to be able to deliver it. He's got all the preparation you need. And so he's given you a sure footing and a sure foundation. You're not going to slip. He's going to make sure that when you move, you've got some torque under your feet. You've got some traction. And it actually makes your feet beautiful. Man, I tell people all the time when they're young, better take pictures of your feet because your feet turn on you. See, Hal, am I right? That's right. Your feet will turn on you. You better take pictures of them because, man, they start getting uglier the older you get. I had somebody play a practical joke, try to give me a, a, a pedicure, a, a, a gift certificate for a pedicure. And I go to cash it in. The woman says, oh, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> so your, your toad looked like uh, uh, stale fortune cookies. But if I'm in the armor of God, look how, look at this. Isaiah 52, 7 says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good, new, good, good tidings. So look, I got some pretty feet today because I'm bringing some good news to you, some holy, some holy information. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of good, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. I'm telling you today, I don't care how crazy the world is getting out there. I don't care who won the election. I don't care who's sitting in the White House. It, you know, God sat on his throne when Trump was president. He'll sit on his throne when Biden's president. He'll sit on his throne long before, long after both of those men aren't even on this planet. God's still going to reign. His kingdom is constantly advancing and is not thwarted by American politics, okay? That's good news right there. Hey, I'll say amen to that. That's good preaching, Ryan. I don't care what you say. That is good preaching, man. God's kingdom is not affected by not only American politics, but by European politics, African politics, Australian politics, doesn't matter. Asian politics, God's kingdom is reign supreme and is solid. The shield of faith, the King James says, above all, raise up the shield of faith. If you're going to do anything, make sure you do this. Raise up the shield of faith. Man, that's my, that's my word. That's the thing I've learned to walk in more than ever. The last year and a half of my life is, is to walk in faith. Truly, just fully trust him. If he said it, he means it. It's going to happen. I don't care what the circumstances look like around you. God said it. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to stand on it, and he's going to bring it about in his timing. For those who say, well, you were believing for God for this and that, and it didn't happen. What are you going to do? I'm still believing. Why? Because he doesn't lie. He's never lied to me yet. So when you raise up the shield of faith, it, it says raise up the shield of faith so that you can, you can quench every fiery dart that is thrown against you. Let me tell you, the enemy's got some fiery darts, and, they're, and they're, half the time they're in, in the form of thoughts that try to get a hold of you. Some of the worst things that we have to deal with in our mind all take place right up here all, all day long. Some of, the, some of the worst things we have to take, deal with in our life. It's our thoughts. And yet the shield of faith can protect you from that. When, when the enemy tries to zip something in there to say, you know what? It's useless. It's never going to come to pass. You know, 
Uh, you just give up hope. Uh, you might as well quit. Whatever the situation, hold it up and say, nope, nope, God's word said this. God's word said that. Uh, here's some things to, to, to get uh, your faith built up about for the sake of your shield. It says this, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Little children, you are of God. You belong to him and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist. Because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who is in the world. The God who dwells in you is far more superior than any craziness this world has to offer, or any negativity this world has to offer. John uh, 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. So raise up the shield of faith today. Choose to trust him over the things that your eyes can see. Trust what your spirit is seeing in the word. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. The word for salvation in the Greek is sozo. So when Paul would have written this in the Greek, they would have understood the word sozo means salvation, but it doesn't just, just mean your eternal abode. Hey, I'm saved. Woo, God saved me. He punched my ticket to heaven. I'm going to heaven. No, he, yes, he does give you an eternal abode that you get to, you get to be with him in the afterlife, but that salvation is for now. He has saved you right where you're at. The word sozo actually means wholeness, wellness, a restored state of being, a sound mind. It means healed. All those things. It encompassed all those things. So you are putting on the helmet of sozo or the helmet of soundness, well-being, healing, restoration, wholeness. Why? Because he wants your mind well. If your mind is well, the rest of you will be well. The Bible says, uh, as a man thinketh, so is he. So you've got to put on, of all, above all, you know, this, this is a war for your soul, for your suke. So he's got protection for your mind. This is what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 2.16, but we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts. Think about it. You can hold the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of his heart. That's powerful. I have had so much stinking thinking in my life, Hal. But man, if I, could, if I can actually tune into the purposes and the plans and the thoughts of his heart and put on the helmet of sozo, of salvation, of wholeness, wellness, restored state of being, healing, Woo, man, now, now I'm not conforming to the image of this world, but I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can know what that acceptable will of God is. Second Corinthians 10, four, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. That's chronic thought patterns, chronic lies that we believe. Inasmuch as we refute, look at all, these are all things that take place in our mind. Arguments, 
Have you ever gotten in five arguments with someone in the morning and yet you never spoke to them one time? You know? Have you ever had conflict with someone before you even got out of the shower? And then by the time you get out of the shower, you're in a foul mood. You haven't even spoken to the person yet, yet you've chewed them out three times. Arguments. Man, the weapons of our warfare will, will refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Our weapons are good for pulling down every thought, every thought form that is contrary to what the Word of God has to say. If you say, you know what, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to get be successful in this. I'm never going to be healed. I'm never, I'm never going to see, I'm, I'm never going to survive this area of my life. Well, that's contrary to what the Word of God has to say. He's given you some weapons to pull that down, right? And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Put the helmet of Sozo on every morning the helmet of salvation, his salvation, and understand that he didn't give me the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind. And you're going to find that every thought that is contrary to the word of God will be led away captive. So that the only thing that remains is his word, which is already wrapping you around the core, right? We already talked about that with the belt. The sword of the spirit. Everyone with me still? Everyone still here? All right, if you're at home, say amen. amen. I didn't hear you. All right. The sword of the Spirit, the Spirit's sword, the Holy Spirit has a sword, and he lets you use it. Why? Because, because he's living in you. So you have access to it, and it's the Word of God. Hebrews 4 and 12 says this, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. In other words, cutting between suke and spirit, psyche, your, your state of your mind, your consciousness, and spirit. In other words, the word of God can help you determine what is you and what is actually of the spirit. You ever had those moments in life? Is that really you, God, or is that just me? Well, the word of God is powerful. It's sharp enough that it can actually help you determine what's you and what's the spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Notice we're still dealing with the mind here. The armor of God is protecting and remolding our mind. Revelations 1.6, this is talking about Jesus. You know, we, we, sometimes when we read Revelation, we think, ooh, it's the, it's the creepy, apocalyptic, cryptic book. Well, it's actually entitled The Revelation of Jesus Christ, A Revealing of Jesus. It actually helps you understand Jesus a little more. He held seven stars in his right hand. This is speaking of Christ, a vision that uh, John saw of him. And he said, And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun, and all is brilliant. What was Jesus doing? He was speaking the word of God. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Sometimes you, sometimes when you read the word, you're going to have to read it out loud just so that you can hear it. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That's how, that's how Jesus, when, when the devil came to mess with his mind, when he was fasting, that's how he, that's how he battled the devil. He would say, Satan, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth, that continues out of the mouth of God. 
In other words, I, you know, he said, look, I know you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. You're fasting all these days. He said, look, I, no, it is written. I don't have to just live on food, but I am going to live on the word of God. What did he do? He spoke it out. That's why you need to jump into the word. That's why you need to read the word. Don't just be satisfied with saying, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. Well, how can you believe a book you've never read? Get in there, read it, study it, chew on it. There's resources. We got Bible studies here. In, man, we had, we had nine, nine men join us yesterday. Isaac, that was awesome, wasn't it? Two of them, two of them joined online and said, man, this is so early. I can't get over there that early in the morning. Well, man, I, we've got a Google Meet session. Join us online. You know, ladies, hook up with this Bible study. If you can't come to either one of those, we got other Bible studies going on in the, other people are doing it in the, in the neighborhood. The people got, got it going on online. Hop, you can find, there's no excuse not to get into the Word of God and the information age. It is all over our society, all over the internet, everywhere. You can get into the Word of God. You need to. Finally, that's the, finally, this is how you wrap up. This is, this is the, the culmination of the armor of God. Keep praying. Keep praying. Ephesians 6.18, we're going to go back and read it. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I love that concept, Spirit-led prayer. Instead of just taking our time and reading our Christmas list off to God, as if he's Santa Claus, you know. Lord, I need this. Lord, I want this. Lord, give me this. Lord, help me with this. How about you actually try some spirit-led prayer? You sit down and say, Spirit, what would you have me pray today? What do you want to talk about? And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. In other words, pray in all manners. Sometimes you get to sing your prayers. Sometimes you cry it out. Sometimes you sit in silence. Sometimes you shout with victory. It, prayer comes in all kinds of forms. He says, and with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Y'all better, better not stop praying for me. That's what I'm saying. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other. What does that mean? That we have to sit down and set up a confessional booth? No, what that means is be open and honest. We should be safe enough with each other and give each other safe harbor that if I'm struggling with something, I should be able to go to Ryan and say, man, I want to tell you something. You're my brother, and I know you'll pray for me. Man, I'm struggling with this right now. This, this happened within our men's Bible study. You know, we've had, we've had the other week we had a guy just open up and, and weep weep and just confess some things to us. And we had a chance just to love on him and pray over him. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And what happened after that? Well, we all kept it to ourselves and we kept praying. This gentleman's actually wrapped up with some other men of God that are holding him accountable. And it was phenomenal. This last, this last week in Bible study, man, his, you could see a difference in his eyes. You could see a difference in his countenance. Why? Because he was able to, he was free enough to confess some things, get it off his chest. Lord, let us be that kind of safe harbor. Let us have that kind of grace. We've been given so much grace and mercy. You know, if you find yourself messing up in life, don't run away. Come to us. You know, if your kids start messing up, don't keep them away. 
You know? Look, I hope all, I hope all of our kids do things biblically and wait until they get married and then have kids. But, but I want to say this as a pastor, and I know I'm probably rabbit trailing, but I, I want to just say it out loud. But God forbid, but, but if, any of your, if any of your daughters or granddaughters find themselves pregnant out of wedlock, don't, don't keep them away. You bring them here. You let us love on them. You let us pray over that child. You let us, you let us get her grounded in a network of love and, and the word of God and grace. If your sons are struggling with things, Bring them, bring them. I'm, I'm even going to say this. If you've got kids, you've got relatives that decide to come out of the closet. Let us love them. Let us love them. We, 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 are, we are commanded to love our neighbor. I know what the word of God has to say, but I want us to love on people and we're going to let the Holy Spirit do his work. I can't, I don't have the power to change anyone, but the Holy Spirit and the Word of God has the power. And it's a full-time job for the Holy Spirit to try to change me. So I would choose to just, I, I would prefer and choose just to love folk as they come and let God clean them up. And we'll just walk alongside of them as we're all getting cleaned up. You know? So I need to straighten some things out before I get to church. No, you don't have, you don't have to get washed up to take a bath. You just jump in the bath with all your grime on. And that's how, we, that's how we need to come to God. Just jump on in. So therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You don't have to be some giant faith healer to see God move. All you need is faith. And Jesus said all you need is faith of a mustard seed. If you just got a little bit of faith, if you could just trust me just a little bit, he said, man, I will move mountains for you. I will shift heaven and earth to come to your rescue. But you got to pray. That, that culminates the armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. righteousness. Got to get your feet fitted so that you got good foundation, so that you can be a messenger of peace, the gospel of peace. Lift up that shield of faith so you can deflect all the crazy thoughts and all the crazy news that tries to flood our minds. Put on the, the helmet of salvation, of wholeness, restoration, healing, peace, soundness. Wield the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that can help you understand what's, what's your thinking and what's God's thinking. And finally, keep praying. Don't stop praying. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Joey's still alive today, doing well in full remission, isn't he, Brother Alatunde? Why? Because we prayed. We believed God. We trusted him. And God moved on his behalf. Let's all stand. It's all about trusting the Lord. I woke up with it. I was looking over my notes and I kept thinking about the old song. The, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word 
just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust thee, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Woo, you can trust him today. You can trust his word. You can build your life on it and it alone. And it will become armor for you. It will protect you. It will keep you from getting caught up in all the craziness that's taking place out there. He's still on the throne. Trust him. 2021, it's, it's, it's already been challenging. But that's all right. He has overcome the world and we are made overcomers because of our faith. Amen? Amen? Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your armor. I thank you for your protection. I thank you that you didn't leave us defenseless in this fight, this fight for our mind, for our soul. But you've given us sound armor. We are well equipped to be everything you have created us to be. Lord, if there's anyone in the room that's not given their heart to you, that's not made a decision to follow you, I pray that you move on their heart. Holy Spirit, convict them with your sweet love and draw them in closer to you. And as we sing one more song for you, Lord, I pray you unify us in this time of praise. You unify us in this time of worship. And you allow healing and the miraculous to take place right in our midst and in the midst of our families. And we just praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together one more song and let's celebrate because he's worthy of it. Amen.